everyone. Thank you for joining us for this O'Reilly Media Podcast. This is Shannon Cutt, and my guest today is Damon Feldman. Damon is the Solutions Director at MarkLogic. MarkLogic, for those of you who don't know, is a company that has developed an operational and transactional enterprise NoSQL database with the goal of integrating data silos to give customers a single view of their data. Damon, it's good to have you on. Thank you, Shannon. It's great to be here. Great. So today we're going to dive into the topic of data lakes and data hubs. Uh, But first, broadly speaking, a data lake is the result of bringing together data from disparate silos into one system. And as more organizations have come to rely on big data, the flexibility of the data lake has provided a scalable integration point. As it turns out, though, that very flexibility has made it easy to pollute the data with data that's duplicated, incomplete, stale, or just wrong. So this is bringing about concerns about the value of the data itself. Uh, So before we dive into this further, Damon, could you tell us a little bit more about yourself? Uh, Sure, sure. So I I work for MarkLogic, and we're a big data company, and we we have a specialized database that's good at integrating data uh, in in a lake format or in other patterns. I'll talk a lot about other ways that we integrate data. Um, I've worked on a lot of our biggest customers. I, I, I did a lot with Obamacare. We're the main database for Obamacare. I've done some stuff in the U.S. Uh, intelligence agencies to gather data in their systems, healthcare, uh, human services data uh, for MarkLogic. So I've been in big data for a while, and I'll, I'll speak about some of those projects, some of those experiences. And, and then before that, I was in, in what I would call a more traditional uh, technology world, right? Java enterprise systems with Oracle and MySQL databases and three-tier architectures for uh, everything from financial analytics to tracking landmines. Now I'm in this uh, big data database world. Wow, thank you. Did you say tracking landmines? Yeah, I used to work for the uh, Geneva International Center for Humanitarian Demining. And our job was to help people in all kinds of post-war countries keep track of where explosive ordnance and unexploded landmines are and schedule work to clean them up and educate people about them. Wow, that's wonderful. Thanks for sharing that with us. So um, let's start by talking about what are some of the primary reasons why data lakes become so messy? Why why does the data lake so easily turn into a data swamp? There's two sides of the same coin of the flexibility and power of a data lake. But, But most data lakes are built on Hadoop. So it's almost synonymous to have a Hadoop system with data lake, even though at MarkLogic, we also can support that data lake pattern. And... The the core or the underlying foundation of these lakes is the Hadoop distributed file system. And it really is a big file system, just like the file system on our laptops or our home computers. You can put anything there and make as many copies and name it wrong and lose track of it and not know who put it there. And there's not inherently a lot of governance to it. And that flexibility, it's a little bit like the flexibility of the web and HTML. Anybody can throw up any kind of crazy web page, and you can't necessarily tell what information in it is accurate. Uh, there's not a lot of structure to it. So there's that flexibility that does lead, in some cases, to some chaos. Yeah, I can see that. So it, we have an upcoming webcast where you'll be talking about unswamping and operate, operationalizing a data lake using what's called a data hub. Can you tell us more about how a data hub functions and why a hub could help clear up the lake? Sure. So a, a data hub is an extension of the, the data lake pattern, right? The, the, the primary thing 
that characterizes a data lake is that you're moving data into one area. Like, like I say, it, it, mostly a lake definitionally has to have a, a big file system where you can put a lot of data. And then there are many, many tools, especially, as I said, in Hadoop, there's, I'm going to say, about 70 well, well-recognized tools that you can apply in that world. Um, but the, the, the essence of it is data movement. And when you move data to one place, you, you've gained a huge amount of power in your ability to access and control the data. Uh, a, a lot of that is not so much technical as organizational, where if you have 10 system owners who have 10 critical business systems, getting access to those systems can be difficult. N- number one, there's an operational impact. And if you want to access them during the day in the wrong way, you might interfere with them or slow them down. And also, uh, each group owns and controls the system for their own purposes. By copying it into a data lake, now the data analytics reporting and downstream uh, uses of that can can become much easier because you can access the data anytime you want. What a data hub does is it goes beyond moving the data. It starts to organize, clean up, and maybe clean up's not the right word, but what I'll say, harmonize, add a little common structure, mm-hmm. and um, and secure that data. So MarkLogic is a database company, so we have a lot of technology that allows us to index the data, and that's why we've emerged um, this pattern from our best practices. By indexing the data, you can now find things without having to use heavyweight batch processes. You can now apply security on top of things so that you're limiting who uses it. And by harmonizing some of the data, even if it's just the critical 10, 20, 50, or 100 fields, you you can start to apply standard processes to all the data rather than deal with it in an ad hoc way. So, So that's... I hope that that's a little bit of clarity about the difference between a hub, which is index, has a real-time aspect, and more organization, versus the swamp. Uh, well, many data lakes are not swamps, but <laughs> the could be a swamp, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Thank you. So one thing you mentioned is security. Many or- This is one thing many organizations are having to address, uh, especially when facing regulatory compliance requirements related to their data. How does a hub help to conform to internal security or regulatory requirements? Yeah. Well, there's, there's a variety of ways in which the lack of understanding governance of the data that is often the case in a data lake impedes security. I'm a little torn between talking about that and talking about the actual technology uh, issues involved. Um, let's. That topic of data governance uh, related to security is interesting. Do you want to speak to that for a little bit? Sure. Okay, great. So, so at, a, at a basic level, one, one thing is that if you don't have a data dictionary, it's very difficult to manage your security. So you, you may have 20, 50, or even one very large customer I'm, I'm talking to has 2,000 relational databases. Uh, they're, they're in Europe, and they're, they're subject to the European requirements to allow anyone to be forgotten in all their systems. So they're having a terrible time simply finding the personal identification information in their systems and figuring out who's where. You might have a first name or, 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 or an address that goes by first name, given name, FNAM, uh, name underscore F. There could be a, a, a huge variety of ways to, to indicate names alone. And then all of the other information you might want to secure from psychological notes to health information to financial information are, are similarly scattered. And until you start to organize that in some way to know which field is which and actually have a meta model that describes what's really important, 
there's no hope of governing it and securing it no matter what technology you bring to bear. On top of that, there's a problem in data lakes where every component tends to have its own security configuration. Uh, As I said earlier, it's about 70 major components in the Hadoop ecosystem for most data lakes. Their initial efforts, uh, Apache Ranger is one, to bring some security consistency to those. But even Ranger only handles about seven of those 70 systems. So you've got all these different systems, all these different configurations, all these different files and data sources with different uh, field names and headings and structures and levels of sensitivity and different data sources. The same field from two different sources might be different. And it's just very hard to govern it from a process standpoint. And then once you have a process, it's very fragmented how one would implement those processes. To make things a little bit more complicated, that flexibility, that that um, uh, flexibility that does give power, but also a wild west aspect to a data lake, you could have a data analyst or a data scientist making seven or ten or fifty copies of some files with various forms of refinement and changes, and easily lose track of what's in those files and how those are supposed to be secured. So, so I, I hope that sheds some light on it. I'm sure there's a lot of other things that I haven't covered. Does that, does that cover a little bit about security? Yes, it does. Thank you. Uh, so this idea that until you organize the data, there, there's no way to bring governance to it, um, I think that's a really critical point. Can you talk a little bit about um, matching and merging data to a master record and what the capabilities for that are within the data hub? Sure. Well, let me let me say a little bit more about simply tracking and governing data first, and and then that does feed right in to matching and merging an MDM. Great. That as as you copy data around, whether you're doing it through a a pretty well defined pipeline like an ETL or data processing pipeline, or if you're doing it in a more ad hoc way, what, one of the things that's important to do is to keep track of the original version of the data. Which, which uh, all data lakes are pretty good at. I, I should say that data lakes be, are very flexible and they have the ability to take in an as-is copy of, a, of data that originated somewhere else and keep it uh, in, its, um, in its native form. So that's very, very powerful and very good. But then also to be able to associate metadata with records as they move along, and this is where Mark Logic and the data hub pattern is a little different, keep metadata about which thing was derived from where so that you can trace things back to where they come from. If you want to impose any kind of quality or have any trust in the data, this actually happened with a large government customer I was working with. We built a big transactional system to help people apply to certain government programs. And we shipped that data down to a data lake, and the data lake started up around the same time that our transactional system started. We were not involved in data lake, my, my company, MarkLogic, and we were not building a data hub. We were just doing the transactional system, and they had a whole other program and a whole other uh, team working on this lake. What happened when the system went live was that the data lake reports were not matching the analytics out of our database. Uh, and we, we had the, the real live transactional database. So our data was always up to date and always correct. And for some reason, after they had gone through three, four, or five steps of refining and organizing and creating version change of the data and mapping it into relational structures, it was just wrong. So what happened was nobody trusted that system. They'd spent a lot of time and money, but whenever mm. anybody really needed the answer to a question, they would come to us on the transactional side and ask us to find a little time at night to run a few reports for them because they needed the real data. Oh, wow. Yeah. And it really goes back to not understanding what came from where, what algorithm ran in what sequence to get mm. them to, to their final state so that they could 
really have trust and some validity that the data came from where it was supposed to. Yeah. Wow. That's a really interesting example. Uh, so you, can you tell us how can a hub be used for reporting? You you mentioned that you know, they would, in that particular example, they would come to you for some reporting. Can you talk more about how a hub is useful for that? Sure. Well, MarkLogic is primarily a document-oriented database. By document-oriented, I mean that we store, well, we store Word docs and PDFs, but primarily we store JSON and XML documents. And then we layer relational views on top of that. And we also extract RDF semantic views of that. But it's mostly documents. Those documents are uh, in, in relational parlance, they're denormalized by default, right? They're groupings of data into business entities rather than little fragmented tables that are scattered all over the place and joined by keys. So in order to do reporting and analytic jobs, that denormalized data form is actually what you want. So what you end up with in, this is a little bit more my work with MarkLogic doing transactional systems. The transactional system also becomes suitable to reporting. Now, the other side of that is that when you build a data hub or a data lake with MarkLogic, it is suitable both for transactional views and a microservice and SOAP calls and whatnot. And it's also suitable in many instances for reporting and analytics. It's because the data is already denormalized. So that Got might it. be a complicated mm-hmm. question. But, it, but the other side of that is what's wrong with relational systems? For Why can't they do both operational and transactional loads and analytical loads on the same system the way something like MarkLogic can. And it's really because they fragmented the data into so many little tables that to oh. do bulk jobs, they have to do too many joins to put that data back together. Now. Oh, I see. Okay. So uh, a lot. one thing that we hear about a lot these days is cloud versus on-prem and hybrid solutions. Can you tell us how does the cloud come into play with regard to data lakes and data hubs, especially? The, the, the ability to deploy in the cloud, I, I would say at this point, is pretty much table stakes for any large system or any large enterprise system. So uh, certainly the projects I work on for MarkLogic, we generally now deploy in the cloud and we, we deploy on uh, Amazon, Azure, uh, certain private government clouds, um, Sort of all all the clouds, as far as I know, um, the the plate, and that, that doesn't make a huge difference to the the functioning of the data hub or the data lake. It, it matters to the ops people because it's easier to stand up and provision the, so, the the hardware and software in a cloud. All right. So going back to MDM, Damon, can you tell us a little bit more about how that works with regard to the data hub? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, for, for, for data lakes and data hubs both, when you start to integrate a lot of data from a lot of different places, right, in MarkLogic we say integrating data from silos, something that invariably happens pretty soon is you get the same record from many places. Mm. Uh, so so uh, person records is a very common uh, master data management item, very common thing to master. You, you might have a customer database and a tech support database and a CRM database, and then you might acquire another customer database, and it's going to be a you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so, so one of the things, in order to have that, that, that quality and a little bit better understanding of what's in your hub, one of the things is to deduplicate, uh, dedupe <laughs> the, the data. At, at MarkLogic, we have some pretty sophisticated techniques to do that. We have fuzzy search engine technology built into the database. So we can do these fuzzy matches you know, very efficiently. 
but but however you do it, um, you, you're going to need something to bring the data together. One of the techniques, the foundational techniques to make that easier is to not just copy all the data in one place and have the data swamp with many copies and a bunch of uh, batch processes to put data through a pipeline or do analytics, but also have some harmonization of the data. Because as you standardize on what a name and an address and a and what's the zip code and the zip plus four and the phone number, as you standardize and understand those data elements and bring them together, those are the ones that, that give you insight into um, who might be or, or is definitively the same person. So it's, it's linked in both ways. You really need some MDM in order to make a hub uh, cleaner by deduplicating. Mm-hmm. And the processes you do in a, in a data hub, specifically harmonizing and indexing the data, make it a lot easier to go out and find those duplicates and merge those different records into a golden record. Ah, oh, great. So it sounds like it works well together. Very much. Perfect. So let's let's close by talking about cloud. A lot of companies are utilizing the various cloud options these days. Can you tell us about how the cloud uh, works with regard to data lakes and data hubs? Sure. Historically, data lakes in particular, coming from the Hadoop uh, lineage, the, the Hadoop world, have a, an ability to run on physical hardware in an inexpensive way. You can set up HDFS on a bunch of disk drives that are not in a NAS or a SAN and, and actually aren't, aren't, aren't necessarily even RAID, right? Don't even have that basic disk-level data protection because HDFS makes three copies of everything automatically. However, cloud has become so powerful and so convenient to stand up large groups of servers that all of the uh, uh, data lake and, and Hadoop vendors are now able to run in the cloud, even though you lose some of that um, cost-benefit of cheap disks. MarkLogic, in the same sense, can take advantage of cheap disks, but I would say a good majority of our customers now want to run in the cloud. So we're running in uh, you know, Amazon, of course, and Azure, and essentially all of the, the big cloud systems. And it's not a huge difference in terms of setting up and running the, the systems. The main advantage and the difference is when you want to do fast elasticity. Uh, a retail customer who has a Christmas rush or you know the IRS is going to have to spin up their servers around tax time. So the elasticity can make a big difference. And other than that, it's not a huge difference how you run the cloud or on physical hardware. All right, great. Well, Damon, thanks so much for your time today and for sharing these insights. Well, thanks. It's a pleasure talking to you. My guest today is Damon Feldman, Solutions Director at MarkLogic. This is Shannon Cutt, and this is an O'Reilly Media Podcast. Thanks for listening.